Wednesday. I hope you are thirsty for some pro wrestling punditry because you came to the Oasis for all things professional wrestling. It is the Winkly. I am your managing editor for Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, and I am joined here as I am just about every Thursday by my good friend Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. Happy Thursday, Nick. Happy Thursday indeed, everybody. It is nearly the weekend. I have a special surprise date planned for my girlfriend tonight, um, and I'm very excited about it. And uh, well, yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. it might not be a surprise if she's if she's listening to this. Well, I'm not going to say what she knows that she's got a surprise date coming to her. I told her she has to be home by a certain time. I'm going to whisk her away in the car and she has no idea where we're going. And I'm not going to say where we're going on this show, because if she's listening, it'll give it away. But I'm I'm pretty excited today, Justin. Pretty is, she, is she a, re- is she a regular listener? She listens on the ride back home sometimes from work Yeah, on the train. So, you know, mm. So it'd be inappropriate for me to say you guys are going to have a good night, wink, wink. <laughs> well, you know, we do every night. We're a loving couple, Justin. Uh, every night? Yeah, dude, every night. I don't need that blue chew. Uh, unless they want to sponsor. Every night? <laughs> yeah, dude, every night. Rock and Roll Express. Um, though I would welcome blue chew to the show here. Great product, high-end product, that blue chew here. Uh, and if you'd like a free concerned. sample, you can use the code LABAR. <laughs> there you go. Get on up, get going. Uh, all right, let's get to it here. Let's get on up and get down here. Uh, with the Winkley today. We got a lot of news to get to here from the past 24 hours. Of course, last night was the latest round in the Wednesday Night War. Uh, but after we talk about the uh, the news of the past 24 hours, you're going to get two big interviews here on the show today. Uh, first of all, you're going to hear my interview with Ring of Honor's Joe Hendry. Uh, Joe just signed with Ring of Honor this past, or this past summer. Uh, he is going to be taking part in ROH's UK Honor United Tour, which kicks off tomorrow where he's going to get a television title shot against Shane Taylor. So we're going to talk about all about his signing with ROH, why he's there, why he chose ROH, and what you can expect from this Honor, Honor United Tour this weekend. Uh, also, right after the Joe Hendry interview, you're going to hear from a man who's in the inner circle, but he was not in the inner circle last night on Dynamite. It's Jack Swagger. He's going to be here. He is, of course, getting ready for his Bellator fight, which takes place tomorrow night, and our own Daniel Yanofsky was actually at the Bellator Media Scrums, got a couple minutes with Jack, so we're going to play that audio for you here as well today. Joe Hendry, Jack Swagger, banging episode of the Winkley today. Let's get to it. News you can use, news that'll leave a bruise. We'll start with the AEW news coming out of the show last night. Um, we, ha- we now know what the finals will be for the AEW tag titles. It's going to see SCU taking on the Lucha Brothers. These two teams qualified for the finals in the first two matches of AEW Dynamite last night. Now, I'll put a pin in there for a moment because, Justin, I, I know that you're uh, taking in both shows right now. I know you've got a lot of the things you're dealing with as well. But did you get a chance to watch uh, fully Dynamite last night, Dynamite and NXT? I have. Yes, I did. Okay. I, I thought Dynamite's pacing last night was really on point. I thought this was the best show that they've done. And I thought that kicking off with these two back-to-back tag matches did a great job of making the show feel different. You, I don't feel like we, you, you would see anything like this in WWE traditionally. Yeah, I agree with you, too. I think um, I think this might have been, out of the four shows they've done, the four weekly shows, I think this might have been the best. Uh, and that's saying something, because they've, they've come out strong. Uh, and I agree. They, you know, on paper, it looked packed, and it was packed, but somehow it, it still had a good pace. It didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel like, scramble, 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 we got to get everything in. It, 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 they, they managed to... They managed to to, to, to really pull it off, and you're right. I mean, um, two tag matches off the bat. I mean, what's what's really crazy is again, I, and I look at like the, the formatting of things from a television standpoint. You got an opening tag match 
which I don't believe at all they cut to commercial. Then they went from that to showing Wardlow's video vignette, and then they went into that to starting the second tag match, and then they finally went to commercial. Like I mean, so that was a lot of action to it get was. before ever having to you know revert, you know have a break in the action and go to commercial. That was great. Yeah, I thought yeah, very hot shot, very hot start to the show. Um, a private party obviously blew everybody away starting the show last week with the Young Bucks. Nice to see them back in this position. I like that both teams are in the ring. You got right to the action, so a lot to like about these uh these tag or these uh tag team matches and the tag team finals. Uh, for the titles will be very good next week, I, I would presume as well. Um, also on the show last night, we saw the latest surprise appearance from DDP. He's shown up at a couple other All Elite events, uh, traditionally in Cody's corner. This time he had Cody's back uh, alongside Dustin and MJF. As they attacked Chris Jericho in the inner circle, they had a private box that they were like, going. dude, this felt so WCW, NWO, the way that this whole thing uh, carried uh, was pulled off. And it, it was just... It was just cool. It was different. It felt awesome. I loved that this stuff they did with Jericho and the inner circle in the box. And the whole segment here, the brawl, the punch through the window, dude, it looked great, man. Yeah, it really did. It was well done. Uh, and it was, uh, it had, it had a very, um, it had a very rogue feeling. Uh, many of the security guards that went to go break them up were fellow IWC wrestlers uh, that work, that I work with uh, here in IWC wrestling. Okay. And you could see it and you could see it. It was a, you know, there was a, there was a kid on crutches right as they went into the concession stand. That was, that was, he was just around the, the corner of, uh, of, of the, of the partition and he got taken out his crutch. It's he lost one of his crutches, which then I think one of the, I think one of the Ortiz or one of them grabbed the crutch. It was, it, it was not as um, sterile and produced and, no. and, um, what have you that you might see in WWE, but there was some kind of charm about that. And then now it wasn't reckless. It wasn't, you know, to the point of where anybody got, you know, seriously hurt, but it, it was, you know, it was a little bit of a, an ECW kind of feel where I think about the old Chris Benoit, Kevin Sullivan battles in WCW when they would do false kind of anywhere and they're in the bathrooms and, uh, it, it, it yeah, this was great. This was this was obviously for me the segment of the night, dude. And having DDP finally show up on AW on TNT, I got all the feels, man. I got the I got the old school Monday Night War uh, goosebumps going up my arms uh, watching DDP come out. You know, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good it was a good little surprise. He didn't have to do. I mean, just it was just his appearance, just the fact that he had Cody's back. You're right. It it, it kind of gave that man who's who's going to show up next. And uh, and while we're on the segment, I just want to give a shout out to a. A friend and a fellow wrestler, and for those of you that like, you know, seeing who's 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 the up and coming, uh, Mambo Italiano. Mambo is an independent wrestler, uh, legitimately from Italy. Uh, um, it's kind of got like a little bit of a Santino vibe to him. Uh, Mambo pulled something off. Mambo was one of the security guards in the break apart in the concession stand. He was also one of the mass men in the Dark Order's entrance, and then he was also uh, right behind Lana and Lashley at the restaurant as an extra when when they were trying to you know get Rusev out of the way. Mambo managed to pull himself off in three segments on national television between AEW and WWE. So I want to give a shout out to Mambo. Okay. And if again if you're if you're a fan who likes to discover new wrestlers and go online and find Mambo. Well and I will say because I, I pointed out on Twitter last night that they did the Britt Baker package, you know, hyping her for her her match uh, mm-hmm, in front of her mm-hmm. hometown crowd. And who popped up in that montage there? I saw Adam Cole who was also on NXT last night I think that Adam Cole is the Rick Rude of our era now, having appeared on both shows in the same night. 
And also in that photo, the other man that was in the photo with her is, a, is another wrestler, uh, IWC wrestler, in fact, and he's a he's a stud. His name is uh, Jack Pollock. So just all kinds, all kinds of uh, Pittsburgh love coming last night. Jack Pollock, man, uh, that's a that's that's a Jack. Is that a Jackson Pollock reference? Is he artistic? I can't say for sure. Oh, okay. Well, I would imagine it is. He seems smart. Um, all right. Well, uh, back to AEW Dynamite. Uh, the Young Bucks, they've officially accepted the Lucha Brothers uh, challenge for full gear. So, uh, you know, we've got SCU and the Lucha Brothers in the finals here. Uh, do you think, what do you think? This is a, a given here that the Lucha Brothers take the titles, or do you think that SCU uh, pulls out the win here and uh, and moves on with the, the gold? I think it's Lucha Brothers. They were my pick from the very beginning. Uh, when the tournament bracket was revealed, I said I, I saw them going to the final, at least definitely going to the finals and probably winning it. Um, I just think, you know, I just think they're the most, they're just so hot. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're like they're the hottest commodity, you know, around the world in, in some respects in terms of a, a tag team. And, you know, obviously they came in early, uh, in the AEW operation. Um, so and then as soon as, you know, as soon as I saw, you know, and I didn't really, I never really thought it was gonna be the young bucks in the first place. I didn't think that they would put the titles on themselves first. And then especially when they lost in the opening round, I was like, yeah, Lucha brothers have this. And I, and I think it'd be a great choice. I'm. The Lucha Brothers continue to impress me over and over. So, well, I blew it there. The, the Young Bucks did not accept the Lucha Brothers challenge. It was Santana, Santana, and Ortiz's challenge that they accepted right. here. I'm, I got all, there was so much tag team wrestling on AEW Dark or Dynamite last night. I I, I I messed myself up, so I apologize for that. But that'll be a great bout as well. Young Bucks, Santana, Ortiz, and all of the guys in the inner circle right now, um, definitely looking like bigger stars because of what's going on here at the moment. So. Uh, that'll be a great bout. And lastly, here coming out of AEW Dynamite, uh, after the show went off the air, of course, the main event saw Pac and Moxley going to a time limit draw. Um, but after the show, Adam Page came out, confronted Pac. Pac ran off through the crowd, I guess, and Adam Page challenged Pac to a match at full gear. Of course, they faced off uh, at double or nothing, and you know Adam Page had to be kicked in the testicles for Pac to pull out the victory. So we'll get round two between these two. So starting to put together this full gear card, um, and I, I think it's it's gaining steam here. I'm, I'm slowly getting a little bit more and more excited about what they're doing in Baltimore. And this is, you know, that's the thing is we saw the first three, four shows for AEW sell out very quickly. Then it was not, it wasn't instant sellouts. Then it was we need to fill seats. The the what I've been saying for a while, what a lot of other people have been saying for a while here is it's all going to be about the momentum that they create and and if it's going to make people want to come back, dude. I'm on the hook. I'm excited to watch next week's show. If I knew they were coming to my market. I would be there. I think that we're going to see ticket sales pick up for these shows that have been lagging here uh, in the coming months. Well, it's interesting because while you and I agree that this was the best of their weekly Dynamite shows to date, that's one thing I I am going to knock AEW for, especially in comparison to what happened on NXT, which we'll talk about, is AEW is not – they're not doing as good of a job necessarily like – hooking me for the next week like i think they're still running off of the fact that they're new so they're fresh with us like yeah we have the finals for the tag team next week i mean and they they, they did a good job when they when they released the the, the um, ticket on sale dates and the locations of saying you know the tag team finals are going to be here and the, the this number one contender match is going to be here like so they did a nice job at least plotting out and giving you an outside look of you know from from of what's going to happen but i don't think that they're necessarily you know get like there's there's not a lot of there's not as much like, oh, I have to tune in next week to see what the next stage in this storyline is as much as they're just running off of, of, of just being fresh uh, and, and, and they have that 
that new that new car smell, so to speak. I, I think I think there is something to that. I think there's also something to uh, you know again back to the WCW feel and the model they're going with, especially with the inner circle. You know, it's not. I mean, yeah, of course, who who couldn't forget the hype going into to Goldberg Hogan? But a lot of times with WCW, you were tuning in just to see what the NWO would do, right? Like the kind yeah, of the yeah. uh, the element of spontaneity, the unpredictability of the show that was kind of inherently a big part of the draw to go because you didn't know what you were going to miss. And I think that, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. And it's still very early on in their storytelling process. You know, maybe more stories will come forward and, and, you know, we can find more stuff to sink our teeth into. But for right now, I think the biggest selling point for AEW, other than the fact that it's new is, is the unpredictability factor. And the fact that if you go to one of these shows or you tune into AEW right now, it doesn't kind of have that cookie cutter, cookie cutter mold of WWE where you don't know what what could happen if you watch an AEW show. Sure, and and that'll carry them for a little while. They'll they'll be able to at least get the first loop around the country in the major markets, and then once they start coming back to cities, you know, the next time they come to Pittsburgh, the next time they come to Boston, they they are going to have to hopefully be a little bit more evolved in their storytelling, and they'll have more characters, and more talent that they've uh, they've 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 unveiled, but. But yeah, I mean, for now, for the, for for doing it in the first loop, they'll be able to get away with it, just because it'll be the first time a uh, chance to see them live. So people will go just on that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it worked for uh, about eighty three weeks, I think, for the NWO, from what I'm told. So um, <laughs> we'll see how long they can carry the momentum here. Definitely, definitely got a good vibe. Big big thumbs up for me. So then I flipped over afterwards. I watched NXT. NXT was also good. It still just feels. Um, a little sterilized and small to me, especially after the energy of watching an AEW Dynamite show. Um, does that resonate with you when I say something like that, Justin? Yeah, I think we've, I think, I think we've just come to accept that at this point in time. You know, we've, you know, um, you and I have talked about it. I've heard Raj talk about it. I think that's where I think we're all just at it. I think we have to just kind of accept that for right now, for as AEW is going to keep producing the show the way they're producing it. And then and, and these arenas and such and, and NXT is going to keep producing the way they are at least through 2019 to the best of our knowledge and that's just and that's I don't think it's going to change I, I don't I mean so I don't think you know e- even with something wild like we talked about yesterday you know e- even with a even if a CM Punk showed up that would be exciting it would definitely have me on NXT and not watching AEW in those segments but it still won't take away from the fact that it is in the setting it is in and it's just it's, you know when you put it side by side with AEW it's it falls short in a lot of uh, uh, and a lot of appearance categories. And that's just what it's going to be until NXT gets out of full sale. And I hate saying that because I really enjoy – NXT by itself, When it, if it's not being opposed by anybody, NXT in full sale is fine. As I said, I always use the word charm as part of it, NXT's charm. But when you're going side by side to this AEW product, it's just, it's just not holding up in terms of the aesthetics and, and the – the, the the sound and the lighting and everything. Uh well uh yeah and it, it is it's just a dark it's just a darkly lit show. So anyway I'll step off uh, step off that soapbox here for today. Anyway news let's let's, let's play the game though we play the game every week and had fun. So what and I I'm two and zero by the way okay. in our official game. What what's what's the viewership going to be? Is it, are we going up or down for each show? <laughs> well well you know, I will I will say I think NXT I, I think AEW goes up I think NXT goes down. Um, I, you know, I would, okay, go ahead. I'm going to say that I'm going to say, I'm going to say they both go up, not a lot, but they both are going to be up from last week. Okay. Um, well, uh, let's look at what they had on NXT, right? There was some good action on NXT. Uh, you know, uh, the, the two busy, buzziest notes were, uh, you know, of course, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. they defeated Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke. Uh, they're going to take on Asuka and, and Kari Sane, the Kabuki Warriors next week. 
on NXT uh, for the women's tag team titles. Much like the Cruiserweight Championship, I feel like the women's tag titles are going to find new life in NXT uh, after not being used as well as they maybe could have been on Raw or SmackDown. I didn't see much of the women on NXT, so I can't speak to what the match quality or anything like that was. Um, I'll be honest, I really have, and I like like either there are females, there are women in NXT that I like. I like Bianca. Um, Man, Bianca and Rhea, uh, and you know, I will say this, but I hate to cut you off, but Bianca and Rhea Ripley, they kicked off NXT last night. And the, my first thought was, man, if you are trying to be different than AEW, AEW did, I mean, they had the Brit match against the girl I don't even remember. I don't know why they didn't put her against, like, a B Priestley or somebody else they've been featuring. But um, the women did not shine as brightly on NXT, or on AEW last night as they did on NXT. I, thought, I think NXT does a much jo- better job of pre- presenting their women wrestlers. Well, yeah, I mean, NXT and WWE as a whole have just have just a deeper women's division in terms of developed talent that we are aware of. I mean, you know, AEW is really kind of from scratch. I mean, you know, the most, you know, I mean, I mean, especially not having awesome Kong there week to week. I don't know when, when, when her, like, I'm not sure when she's going to pop back up in AEW, but I mean, you know, so they, so to, to an American audience, I mean, yeah, WWE just, just has far more NXT has far more, but um, yeah, I, I didn't get to see much of the women on NXT. So I can't really speak to the, match quality uh, i like uh, there's a lot of the, a lot of them i like i like the different looks and different um you know the different presentations that the you know the, it's it's no longer just oh he, she's the pretty blonde hair one oh she's the pretty brunette i mean they, I, I love I, you know, I like a rhea ripley i like the different attitude the look the tattoos the different backgrounds they all have um you know uh, mia yim but i'm not and having said all that i'm not that invested in too many of the stories or feuds yet with any of the women in NXT. No, I, I, I'm not. I agree with you. That. Know? I, I completely agree with that. Um, and of course, we have a big news story that kicked off to close NXT last night in their overrun. Uh, and if you are an AEW fan and you clicked over to NXT to see how they were going to do what they were going to do with their last little overrun there, um, they didn't disappoint you, right? You had Tommaso Ciampa come out, confront uh, Undisputed Era. You had Johnny Gargano come out uh, as Ciampa's backup. And then you're like, who else is going to join him here as they're doing the stare down with Undisputed Era? Out comes Finn Balor. But whose side is he on? Justin, <laughs> whose side is he on? Because he laid out uh, Gargano out of nowhere uh, with a big kick. Uh, he allowed the Undisputed Era to beat down on Ciampa and Gargano as he just kind of sat there in the corner. Um, he left the ring while the Undisputed Era all stood in the ring flashing their gang sign or their hand sign or whatever. And waiting for gang sign. I mean, what do you want me to call it, man? All right. I know, I know. It's what it's it is. Funny. Everybody's got gang signs. Uh, throw them up. And, uh, you know, you see uh, Finn Balor kind of stare at them. He doesn't do it. They go off the air. So I thought, I mean, look, Finn Balor turns heel on NXT is our top headline on the site right now. There's interest in it for sure. Will some fans check out NXT to see what's going on here? I absolutely do. I think next week is when maybe NXT starts to turn the tide a little bit. I think we'll see a little bump because of this. But with that said, man, I wish they'd have just done it. You know, I, I did the whole the whole stare down thing at the end where they're all four standing in the ring, throwing up their gang signs, waiting for Finn to do it. And he doesn't do it. You're kind of left to wonder, is he with them or not? Uh, just a little. I mean, granted, OK, maybe that's the hook. They're going to follow up on it. They've got a plan. OK, great. But for me, I wanted, if you're going to do it, look, Hulk Hogan didn't, like, lay out Macho Man alongside Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and then roll out of the ring and be like, 
I don't know. We'll figure out on Nitro if I'm going to be part of the NWO. No, he did it, and he joined the NWO. It is incredible. I, I would have liked a little bit more of a definitive turn here, uh, uh, aligning with the Undisputed Era with Finn Balor. I don't think he's with the Undisputed Era. You don't think he – man, dude, I, how does it? how is he not? Why wouldn't because... they beat him down? No, well, look. I think he he took his opportunity to attack Gargano. He's gonna have his he's gonna have his he's gonna have his problems with with Gargano or Chomp or whatever it's gonna be. Probably Gargano, but I don't think he's with the Undisputed Era because he can't be part of the Undisputed Era unless he's a leader. Adam Cole's a leader, so the only way this works is unless unless he joins the Undisputed Era and then it turns into like a power struggle between he and Adam Cole, and that like turns Adam Cole eventually babyface. That's the only thing I can see, and I'm not saying that won't happen, and I'm not saying that wouldn't be entertaining, but I did not take last night. Once you know, after digesting the whole segment, when I got to see it, I didn't, I didn't say, I didn't walk away from that saying, "Oh, Finn Balor is now a part of the group." I just looked at it as Finn Balor is just now on the heel side of the fence of the roster, just as Undisputed Era. And Undisputed Era is putting their hand signs up, just saying, "Hey, we're the Undisputed Era. Remember who we are." And he's just looking at him like, "Yeah, I'm a heel too." Like I don't really, I don't think that I don't think that he's like a new member necessarily. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, and I guess you could always have, you know, Finn brings in AJ and Gallows and Anderson at some point, you know, for, for a big feud against Undisputed Era. Or I, Again, it's like, I don't know. I didn't know how to feel, right? I was like, okay, well, I guess he's heel, which is good. But is he, I don't know, man. It just didn't, it didn't, it didn't hit me as hard as I feel like maybe it could have. Maybe not having the impact. And, and I'm kind of glad that uh, that was actually the result of the segment because, and th- this is kind of a, this is a very, uh, if 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 Triple H, if, if we were on a call right now, with Triple H, just to be a very judgy thing that he would call me out for. Um, I'm glad the segment ended the way it did because that segment, the way it was rolling out, I'm talking about the, you know, Champa standing there, and then and then, you know, Gargano comes out and the Finn comes out. It, it, it was just so resemblant of the segment we saw that was the highlight of the night for AEW where it's, Oh, we're four against one, we're four against one. And then here comes somebody here comes. And so, you know, had Finn come out and then had like a fourth person, I don't even know who that would have been come out. That would have been a, you know, it would have just, as a fan side by side, you just saw the segment of the night for the competition do the same thing earlier. It would have just made NXT just look like they were coming just a little bit late uh, trying to copy AEW, even though they obviously had their script, you know, done, all day or for days. It's, I don't know, it's a very picky thing. So I'm kind of glad that, that 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 this segment for NXT took a different turn and had a heel turn rather than it, because otherwise it just would have you know straight resembled AEW. Yeah, I definitely was having flashes of the inner circle beating people down too. Um, so hmm, yeah, food for thought. I, again, I thought it was good. It's obviously like got a lot of buzz to it. People very interested. Just didn't eh, something about it. Just didn't wasn't the full on bite I was looking for. Just the lettuce, not the tomato and the in the turkey. So. I want that full sandwich. All right. I'm hungry. All right. Barstool Sports. Um, uh, the latest here on CM Punk. Barstool Sports. My mom's pod. My mom's basement podcast. Uh, he was asked about his WWE backstage audition. He said they asked me to come out. I was already in L.A., so I went to the Fox Studios. I guess you could call it an audition. I haven't heard a thing. So, Punk, either working everybody or, you know, and honestly, like, Punk doesn't, to his credit, Punk hasn't really worked anybody with any of his comments. Every time he has said something that he will be somewhere or he won't be somewhere, it's always happened. Just to be clear, right? He hasn't lied to anybody, at least in wrestling. So I would I would imagine this is true, too. And uh, I guess uh, we'll do kind of a brief follow-up here. Yesterday, obviously, we went on a long rant about the possibility of Punk and NXT. You know, I read this, and, you know, what about the possibility that Punk just doesn't wind up anywhere? 
right? I mean, if he's not worked out with AEW and there seems to be some friction there and he doesn't seem like he's going to wind up there, you know, the WWE thing, maybe that guy, they got going on it. And, you know, Hunter went home and he talked to Steph and they were like, no, we hate this guy. We're not bringing him back. You know, uh, I wonder if, if Punk finds himself without a wrestling company here by the end of 2020, early 20, or 2019, early 2020. I mean, it's possible. I mean, look, I mean, we, we've been, you know, we've been speculating Punk's return for, oh, you know, ever since he left. So uh, it's possible. And he is, of course, as uh, independent and unique of a soul as you can get. Um so it's possible, you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe the maybe 2020 comes and goes, and there's no CM Punk, and we're like, well, maybe this this train is, you know, this 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 train is uh, is, is gone by. But um, but I'm still I'm still I'm still going to lean to say that that's eventually he is going to resurface. Just because, again, uh, to, to kind of just paraphrase what I said yesterday, he's like the last big bullet that can be fired, and and WWE and NXT are starting to find themselves getting backed up against the ropes, and. And and just because and, and I know I know Punk even acknowledged this in one of the quotes on the podcast where he said, you know, where he, he acknowledged like, you know, how like, you know, Brett and Warrior and all these guys that, that at one time had a bad falling out with 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 Vince and WWE, you know, eventually come back home, so to speak. And he said that that doesn't you know, he doesn't believe that he doesn't think that means that he has to do the same or it will happen for him. And while I get what he's saying, it still tells me WWE, WWE and Vince are willing to do whatever it takes to, to put the past behind them and, and offer whatever amount of money, whatever amount of not full creative control, but you know, whatever they need to do to get somebody back. If they feel they need him, you know, they got Brett back to do, you know, legend stuff and you know, what have you, they got, you know, they got Bruno back for the hall of fame. They got Boyer back for the hall of fame and marketing. You know, they need this guy back to help potentially keep them, you know, in a battle against the best competition they've had in 20 years. So I just, I, I just feel like it's inevitable that he's going to pop back up somewhere but i i've more and more i feel like it's wb and not AEW now all right well uh one person we know that's going to be back in the wwe fold here uh very shortly or soon uh it would seem is uh, according to wrestle votes stone cold steve austin is bringing his podcast back to the wwe network uh the format is going to be the same as other steve austin podcasts uh that we've seen on the network with stone cold interviewing top wwe stars um there's gonna be a new name for the show they know there's no word yet on what that name is uh there's also no word yet on the return date uh, but the word is that it's going to launch in the first quarter of 2020, if not sooner. Uh, it's interesting that WWE's Austin podcast is coming to the network and not going to be part of their WWE podcast network that is, <laughs> that is scheduled to launch soon. I thought that same thing as I was reading this. Uh, Austin currently hosts the Steve Austin show on Podcast One. No word yet if he's going to keep producing that show. I would imagine he's going to keep on with Podcast One and do some kind of video version of his show on the network. I mean, this all sounds very cool and all. But I'm not expecting a week, I and mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But I would not be expecting a weekly Steve Austin podcast on the WWE Network. I think they'll go back to the kind of once a month type format they were doing there for a little while with him. Yeah, I'd agree. And and yeah, he's probably not part of their new podcast network because he's got to deal with Podcast One right. now. Granted, I'm sure whenever that deal with Podcast One expires and needs to be re-upped, I'm sure Vince would try to get him to come over to to add credibility and, and interest to this new. WWE podcast network they're doing um but yeah I, I i look forward to this i love you know again well he's probably the all-time favorite for me and i, I loved the video pod. i love i love any of his podcasts but i especially enjoyed the video the video ones that he did on the network this is good for the network the network needs content that is network exclusive uh, having lost their biggest commodity which biggest weekly commodity which was nxt 
So, um, you know, aside from the pay-per-views once a month, you know, they need something like this. So I think this is great. Um, there's a lot of guys I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see him sit down with. I know the last run, the last run he had, obviously he interviewed Vince and that was a, a very, uh, quote worthy one for a lot of reasons as you'd expect it to be. But one of the names that they had actually advertised via like a, a new, like it was like an, like an email blast or something. They said, coming this fall to the Steve Austin show on the WWE network was the undertaker. And that one never happened. Um, and obviously Undertaker doesn't do a ton of media, but he does, he's, he's slowly popping up and doing a little bit more. We see, um, you know, and I think he's, you know, because of where he's at in his career, I think he, you know, like, I, I know they just did that thing between, um, the, the thing on Kane and they had Taker via phone, you know, like, so he's, seems like he's opening up to do a little bit more. And of course I'm sure he would do it for, for Steve Austin if asked. So I, I'd love to see a sit down there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'd love to see uh, Undertaker in that seat. And there's a lot of like uh, NXT and performance center talent too that I feel like Steve Austin could help tell their story and, and get them over the next level. So yeah, obviously uh, Steve Austin brings a lot to this, and I, I'm happy to see him back in the mix. Though would be remiss if we didn't uh, also reflect upon uh, the failed Dean Ambrose interview that Steve Austin did. So it's not like he he was hitting home runs every time. The man is the man is human. Well, but well they were largely well, very he, good. Well, he, I mean. I, that I don't. That I think was a case of they, they were just not on the same page, and there's a lot of things. I mean, which which Moxley's talked about since. So weird. Um, so weird. Yeah. So weird. Uh, well, Fox uh, is scheduled to air a one-hour WWE special this coming Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's been revealed that the broadcast is just going to be a one-hour abbreviated version of the regular SmackDown episode that airs this Friday night on FS1 because of the World Series. Uh, SmackDown will not be on Fox. It'll be on FS1 in their normal time slot. The one-hour version of SmackDown is a one-time airing due to SmackDown airing on FS1 that Friday night. Um, you know, we've talked about how we... Uh, I mean, Raw saw like a 2.7% bump in ratings this week, right? They actually retained fans better from hour one to hour three. Um, you're predicting an uptick for NXT and AEW. I'm just going to go AEW. I don't think NXT will fall too hard but i don't think they did a more compelling show than last week um and uh that leaves us with smackdown and how badly is this fs1 move gonna batter smackdown this week uh viewership wise justin well it's probably gonna go down and uh it just this just sucks at the timing because like it's the same had it's the same had uh, a few weeks ago had AEW had to air their entire dynamite on true tv it's just you're this early out the gate trying to get audience just adapt to this new desk, this new where you're at, you know, you spend all this time trying to get them, Hey, we're going to be on Fox on Fridays, Fox on Fridays, Fox on Fridays, no more USA on Tuesday, Fox on Fridays. And then quickly out of the gate, you're switching it up on them. Now, granted Fox is uh, they've been putting all the promotion behind it as they have been in the previous weeks. And they keep saying it's on FS one this week. So they're, they're trying to do their best also, you know, but it's, just, it's, just, it's not good. You just never, you never want to have to tell the fans to do something different. For, you know, for one week only, but it's it's gonna hurt. There's no way around it. It's gonna be a decline, and you know, it's gonna be a decline compared to what last week's numbers were, which that was a huge decline. So, not not good news for the blue brand this week. You think Raw does better than SmackDown this week? Uh, probably. Yeah, I, yeah, probably. I know. I think so too. I think so too. And I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the week after for SmackDown is gonna look like. I guess if they do a heck of a show with a great tease, I mean, of course you'll bring people back, but. With, like, you know, let's say they lose 750,000 viewers, maybe a million, right? Do less than 2 million this week. How hard is it going to be to get those people back 
the week after. You know, this is a this is a weird one for well, me. It's a weird one for well, me. Well, then again, then again, the two million that's watching them, that's the two million. Uh, maybe a little loose with this word. Hardcore wrestling fans. I mean, the four million, the the, the, the three point eight million they got, obviously on the premiere, that had a lot of fluff of casual people and, and maybe some new people that you know are Fox Sports viewers, but not normally you know, wrestling viewers that that did tune in because they saw all these flashing lights and they saw they they heard about um you know all the names that were coming in for it. Uh, but you know, I mean, I think it's also fair to say that the two million that's watching now are the two million that are pretty regular and maybe keep up with it via social or, or listening to this show. So maybe, maybe it's not as big of a deal. Maybe, maybe they, maybe it isn't as big a deal and they, they know to just turn to FS1 and they're pretty cleat, you know, pretty, you know, keyed in. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see, but I do think it's going to be a decline. Uh, a great big experiment here. Big experiment. Um, Sony, uh, has started granting refunds to PlayStation four users for the botched WWE 2K20. That was glitch ridden. A lot of angry fans online, a lot of weird gifts, filling my Twitter feed these days with WWE 2K glitches. Uh, No word yet on if Microsoft is going to do the same for Xbox Xbox One users, but the topic on social media today is how the game really is that bad. Bad enough that Sony is giving refunds. We will buy this game back for you. Uh, There have been some users who have reported having their refund request denied, but it seems like Sony is granting the majority of the requests. One user speculated it could come down to connecting with the right support specialist so if they tell you you can't get a refund hang up call back maybe you'll get the right specialist the next time that's 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 good that's a good way to handle your cs your customer service it's like asking it's like asking hey hey mom can i have the keys to the car nope hey dad can i have the keys to the car sure couple couple years ago i went to a tax guy because i when i became an independent contractor you know your your taxes get uh your taxes go up it's weird. Yeah, I have an LLC. I had to learn all about that stuff. It's weird, right? And I was figuring out how to like I I come I fallen behind on my taxes because I I was bad with my money. I'm better now. But the tax guy, I'll never forget. He was like, you know, the state they're going to be rough, Nick. You can you can set up a payment plan, but they would prefer to to have you pay in bulk. So you're going to call them, and if they say we don't offer payment plans, hang up, call back until you find an agent at the uh, <laughs> the state level that will allow you to, to start a payment plan. And the fact that I was being told this by a legitimate tax expert as a strategy to help pay off of my taxes, uh, I'll never forget that. It was a real moment in time there for me, you know. So anyway, you know, I'll actually say I'll say this about the uh, I'll say this about Irwin R. Shysters. Um, it takes forever. I mean, it you you have to schedule like an afternoon to sit on the phone and wait to try to get this. Especially I'm talking about with federal. To, to get somebody on the phone. But once you can, at least in my experience, and I've had plenty in the last eight or nine years, once you actually get through somebody, they're actually extremely helpful. I've, I've had a good luck of the draw. They're actually really helpful once you can get through, but it takes, or, or you try to call and they give you the, we're experiencing high volume, call back later and they just hang, and it's like, it's automated and just hangs up on you. I mean, I had to do that for like, like a week straight one time until I could finally, I had to like start calling at like 8 a.m. right on the dot when they would open their line and stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's funny. It, <laughs> yeah, it really is. You know, ask mom, ask dad, ask uncle, ask grandma. Somebody's going to give you a yes eventually. Yeah. All right. Well, back to the topic at hand. 2K launch botched. 
total botch. Uh, now they're having to give back money. And, you know, this is, you know, the other thing we didn't bring up the other day talking about this was this, I feel like, is going to take away from future 2K releases. I think there will be less interest sure. here. Right? I mean, it's going to it's going to Well, they, they were all, it was all, it was already in a bit of I mean, yeah, I know WWE spent the money and put together these fun commercials with Austin and Hogan and Sting and and whatever and and, and like the, they're all at the cocktail party. But um but yeah, but but compared to the previous years where it was like a big deal that Warrior was on the cover and then it was a big deal that uh, Goldberg was like the, you know, not to knock Becky Lynch, but like this is this was kind of a yeah a, a meh kind of year, and, and and again I'm I don't buy the games, so this is complete outside perspective. This already seemed like this year wasn't as big of a deal, so this does not help it at all that that, that the execution of it was this poor. Yeah, I wonder if they change. Uh, I don't know what their deals or deal is or whatever, but I would think you'd have a case for changing uh, video game companies if this was botched as bad as it was. Um, I also wonder yeah. what the how this will affect the stock. As I wonder about yeah, many I, things these days. I was reading just this morning that the CNS, CNN analysts were saying that, um, you know, the, the Dow, I mean, I think the WWE stock is down 10%. It's trading at 30% under its average value or something like that. And the, the mood in Wall Street is just that WWE has hit peak WWE. People are, are WWE'd out, and uh, it is now just going to be a, a decline here, which, uh, you know, <laughs> not great, you know, when you read that. So. Yeah. Have we but I don't. I don't know what the long. I don't. I don't know what the long term ramifications are. Like I don't know. What, like I don't know. Like at one point the stock was like at nine bucks, you know, and then obviously like it like peaked. And I'm, these are approximate figures for anybody who's questioning. It got as low as like I know like eight or nine bucks, and then it peaked like at like ninety, I think per share. It was something in that that scale. I don't know like what the worst case scenario. Like I don't know. Like how low does a share have to get? Like, I, like I don't know if you know. I don't know if there's any long term ramifications. Other than yeah, it's less money at the end of the day. But like I don't know, like if it how the trickle down ramifications are in terms of you know because because there's so many other facts. Like you know again, Vince is getting all this money from Saudi Arabia, so that's considerate. And then you get all this money from Fox for TV. Like so there's so there's so, you know so there's more to it than just what the price of a share is. So I, I'm curious if if it's even that big of a if it's that big of a deal considering all these other uh, streams of revenue that he's getting now. Yeah, something to follow, something to think about for all of you investors out there. Uh, and last, but and by the way, we are not giving investing advice. I'm, I'm at least not giving investing advice. I'm just punditing on on what is being told to me, and I read on on our site. Um, all right, last but not least, here Kylie Ray uh, officially back on Instagram. Of course, Kylie left all of social media when she she left AEW. Uh, she shared a photo of her entrance uh, from Bound for Glory, uh, where she competed in the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match. Uh, it featured the following caption, strength made perfect in weakness. Thank you, Impact Wrestling. And uh, on that note, uh, this afternoon, uh, there will be an Impact Wrestling media call featuring Scott Demore, Brian Cage, Taya Valkyrie. I will be on that call. And my first question for Scott Demore is, what's Kylie Ray's impact status? That's what I want to know. So we'll have that answer for you here later after later this afternoon. But I want to know. I think that uh, it'd be great if she landed there. I think she'd be great there. And uh, I wondered if the the story of whatever happened with her. I wonder if it even ever makes it out. If it just gets lost in the in the shadows over time, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious what 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 went down. My guest at this time is one of the newest additions to the Ring of Honor roster. He'll be part of ROH's Honor United Tour from October 25th to the 27th. He is the prestigious one, Joe Hendry. Joe, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, uh, I was actually in Toronto this uh, this past mm-hmm. summer, 
and I was at uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was at the Super Showdown, right? And yep. I saw your promo video live, and dude, I thought that was a really well done video package to really showcase who you are. Um, yeah, tell tell us everybody that may be unfamiliar. Who is Joe Hendry? Okay, well, the video that you're talking about, I mean, a genius must have edited that. You know, I mean, I don't know who that was, but they must have been a genius. Uh, You know, all all jokes aside, basically the prestigious one has come to Ring of Honor with a goal in mind. And you've seen me before do the entrances, um, have a lot of fun, and we're still doing that. We're still having a great time, but uh, things are a little more serious now. I'm looking to really fuse the two sides to my personality, which is basically the, like say the fun and the entrances, but also the intensity of what I've been through, like the amateur wrestling and my two British titles and the Commonwealth games. And I think ring of honor is just the ultimate challenge for me. Can I bring those two worlds together? So that's what that video package was all about. It was a statement of intent and I feel we're living up to that. And the UK tour is the perfect opportunity to solidify that. Dude, and you so you also you're a pianist. You were playing piano in the in this as, as you're fighting and you're like showing off your mansion. You, you <laughs> well, are... I'm more, I'm more of a guitar guy to be honest. But yes, I did actually play the piano um, in that. But I think it was actually just one key that oh. I would hit repeatedly. So I'm not going to put over my piano abilities too much. Okay. I'm more of a guitar uh, guy and a vocalist. But you know, I'll take the compliment. Okay, okay, fair enough. Well, you definitely seem like a jack of all trades. Uh, and you've got this awesome mansion. Did you make all of your money in wrestling? Like, tell me the outside story here about how you've landed this sweet lifestyle. <laughs> well, I mean, all, hey, that's that's working that merch stall. That's selling those T-shirts. Yeah. That's podcasting. That's up and down the road. That's uh, that's that's hustle. That's what got the mansion. That's absolutely my mansion. How dare you even question whether that's my mansion? I I don't know. It, I just was wondering. I was like, who is this man? That's a very, very nice mansion there. It is nice. It is nice. Yeah. Uh so how did the how did you come to be with Ring of Honor? What were the conversations like? What what sold you on the promotion? Do you know, it's one of these things that I've, I've talked about this. I haven't talked about this in too much detail before, but I'm glad I'm getting the opportunity because I, I really like to talk to people about how I got to Ring of Honor because I'm really proud of the way that it happened. You know, it wasn't something that was random. In 2016, um, I got myself on a plane. I flew myself over to Baltimore um, and I attended uh, Ring of Honor tryout camp. Um, and I just I worked hard as I possibly could uh, scratched and clawed and got myself uh, an opportunity on the UK tour that year. Yeah. And on on that tour, I saw the world television title change hands twice, won twice by British wrestlers, Marty Skrull and Will Ospreay. And now on the tour, we're here in 2019, and I have the exact same opportunity to do that because I'm facing Shane Taylor in London for the yeah. world television title. And I you know, have every intention of making history repeat itself. But to go back to the journey, um, in 2016, uh, we were the three British talents, and that was the, the first step for me. But it didn't happen right there. I didn't, didn't get that uh, that that opportunity to be a full-time member of the roster right then it was clear to me I was going to have to keep working keep grinding away and here's the thing that not a lot of people know a lot of people assume and um, but they don't know the facts and the fact is I've had you know multiple organizations make offers to me um, and 
I chose to go to Ring of Honor. Uh, I wanted to go to Ring of Honor. Again, it's something that I've had my sights on since 2016. I did uh, two more tours for them since then and now, and then it's finally happened. Uh, Ring of Honor is somewhere that is not only going to push me athletically, but it's going to allow me to be who I need to be. You know, when it comes to the creative stuff with the entrances, they're, they're letting me be me. All I have to do is show up with a video file. That's it. They, they trust me to do that. And that is a very valuable thing to have in wrestling today. So I, I knew that Ring of Honor was going to be the perfect home for me. Now, um, you, you say that, you know, you've, you've, like you said, you've had a couple other tours with ROH before this. How is the locker room right now in, in the management structure? How is it uh, different as compared to other times you've been there over the past couple of years? Um, it is, it's a blast. I, I was really, do you know, whenever I've been on the road, Ring of Honor, um, it sounds really cheesy, but this is what I've been saying to friends and family. It is what I imagined the dream to be. It is what I imagined the dream of being a, a touring, working pro wrestler. It's what I imagined the dream would be. I'm getting to travel the world, seeing places I would never otherwise get to see. Um, you know, I'm now, uh, I've got a visa for America so I can wrestle all over America. And, you know, it's, I'm discovering a new state every time I go over. We've got the UK tour coming up. There's just, there's unbelievable opportunities. But also you've got a roster that is competitive in the right way, yeah. you know. And I think it's, it's one of these things, you know, don't, it, I think if you look at the landscape of professional wrestling, obviously we've got these Wednesday night wars and all that, but, and you know, that that's, that's a great thing for the industry, but I think people are going to be surprised by the quality that ring of honor is bringing because the momentum is there. And it's just the, the, the level of athlete that we've got, the talent is absolutely there and the talent are being allowed to do what they want to do. Like, I mean, some of the matches that were on in New Orleans there, like we saw, for example, you had Jonathan Gresham versus Alex Shelley, which was just, if you're a fan, you need to see matches like this. Yeah. You know, it's something, we're offering something completely different. And you've got a roster of passionate individuals who 100% believe in what they're doing and the company and what the brand means. You know, I knew for 100% this is where I was going to go when I walked down the ramp in 2016 in my first Ring of Honor match and I saw the guardrail. I saw that that logo and it just, the history of the company, it just, I knew then in my gut that I had to be there. And this roster is hungry, it's competitive, and you better bring your A-game every single time that you you show up to the building. Otherwise, you're not going to survive. You know, if, if you want to thrive, you have to be constantly getting better and pushing yourself against the best athletes in the world. And if you look at Ring of Honor's roster, if you really watch our program, everyone matters on that show. Yeah. Uh, and you are, you're taking it here, like you said, uh, ROH's uh, Honor United Tour in the UK. You know, talk to me a little about just the UK wrestling scene. How is it different from the North American scene? It's That's kind of a difficult question for me to answer in terms of the the, the actual scene itself because I've made my name on the British Indies so I've seen it from every uh, level if you will in right. the British Indies I've seen it from doing you know the smallest shows possible all the way up to doing television productions I've seen you know I feel I've seen every facet of, of British wrestling um, so I kind of I know it I feel I know it inside out whereas when it comes to the uh, American wrestling like again this is my, I'm getting my first taste of it now. So yeah. I'm seeing it 
through the eyes of a Ring of Honor roster member. So it's difficult for me to speak on the scene as a whole because I haven't really worked on the indies um, in America. But what I will say is the fans are just as passionate. It's, 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 you can't, it's very difficult to compare the two. It's really difficult to compare the two. Um, I'd say the challenge for me is when I'm looking at my entrances, I feel I understand British humor quite well. Okay. Now it's a case of will what I do translate to an American audience? That's the challenge for me. How can I take my entrances and apply them to that scene? You know, maybe I don't need to change anything. Maybe I just steed into the niche and be exactly who I was. I'm not sure, but I'm just seeing awesome places every single time I fly over there, meeting lots of great fans. We're getting the, the atmosphere is amazing. And yeah, it's just, I'll, I'll tell you what, if you ask me that question in a year, I'll give you a, a more detailed answer. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, well, you know, you brought up earlier how you're going to have a chance to, uh, you know, make history for, uh, by capturing the ROH TV title here with your match against Shane Taylor. Uh, talk mm-hmm. to me, talk to me about Shane Taylor. What do you think about your opponent here? Well, look, um, I, I personally believe, and I've made a career of proving people wrong, I know that, that I've got what it takes to be the world television champion. I genuinely believe in my heart that I'm the person to hold this title right now. And you know what? Shane Taylor should be offended by me saying that if he believes that he is the rightful holder of that championship. However, I will say this. Shane Taylor's strikes are some of the best I've ever seen in the pro wrestling business. They're absolutely deadly. I've faced them. I know what it feels like. But here's what I will say. Shane Taylor's been putting away absolutely everybody that he's been facing, but when me and him locked horns in the ring, we went the distance. 50-minute time limit draw, and that's how I got my title shot. Now, if we're neck and neck on his soil, I'm going to have the advantage of the British crowd behind me, and I think that's going to be enough. That margin is going to be enough for me to push it over the edge and become the first Scottish person to hold a championship in Ring of Honor. Uh, that's a, that's very cool. I would love to see that. And you know, that would, you would then have two title defenses right after that, um, that are not Shane Taylor. Yeah. Um, now the next night you got former world champion, Matt Taven. I'm a big Matt Taven fan. Um, you know, what do you, what do you think? First of all, what do you think of some of the hate that Matt Taven has gotten from fans over the past six to eight months? Um, I think Matt Taven's certainly underrated. There's no question about that. Matt Taven is he's a world class professional. Um it's there it's it's not a surprise that he's held the world title. When you look at his skill set, um, you know, it's clear that the guy is underrated. But you know what? Um if you're a world class athlete then he doesn't need to concern himself with the hate that he receives. And look, we all get things like that. There'll be times where you think you're putting on your best work and the fans can take it to pieces and whatever. But you know what? People who are truly successful, we need to just keep keep laser focused on what we're doing. And that's what Matt Taven does. You know, but to answer, I guess you're asking me, is the hate justified? And no, it's not. The guy is totally underrated. He's a world-class professional. Um, Again, on UK soil, I think that's a massive statement if I can pin his shoulders to the mat or make him tap out. I was, I was about to say, that's a real, lot of really nice things you said about somebody who you're going to punch in the face, ultimately. you know. Um... Hey, but, that, but I'm confident enough in my abilities that, you know, I, again, here's the thing. Me and Matt Taven haven't crossed paths before. Maybe we'll get annoyed at each other in the future, but right now it's a sporting contest, and that is what Ring of Honor is built on. I'm sure the Code of Honor will be upheld that night. 
Now, you had mentioned, uh, you know, uh, your relationship with Marty Skrull earlier. Um, you know, do you think he should have been the one to take the title at, at Madison Square Garden? Do I think he should have been the one? It's the, Look, it's not about who should have been the one. It's about who is the one. Right. Who was the one that got the job done. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. That's the only thing that matters. Okay, fair. Well, talk to me a little about your relationship with Marty. You know, what do you think of the, the villain? Um... I would say he's one of the smartest people in professional wrestling, without doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, he's someone that there's. Um, I remember put it this way. I, I remember. Um, I can't remember where it was, but I, I, I was the driver for one of the trips, and I made you know sure to utilize that with some uh, very targeted questions. The guy has obviously figured many things about this business out. Uh, obviously he's been doing it for a very, very, very long time. He was on TV before I, you know, before I was even thinking about getting into the business, but he, he is very smart. He's very, very smart. Yeah. And you know, he, uh, he made a name for himself, obviously at new Japan pro wrestling as well with bullet club, you know, ROH mm -hmm. has that relationship with new Japan. Is that a, mm -hmm. is that something you'd like to, to see yourself dabbling in as well? Maybe something over in, in new Japan. I've been really fortunate in that I've been able to wrestle in, you know, I mean, obviously from all over the UK, Europe, like, you know, Germany and also um, Romania. I've been to, I've done, you know, dozens of trips to Canada. I've, I've been to Australia, South Africa, the States now, you know, I've, but I will say the one that seems to have eluded me is Japan. Yeah. You know, again, I'm just, I'm watching a lot of uh, old school uh, Japanese wrestling right now. And I guess, yeah, there is a soft spot for it. I would love to get over to Japan. That would be a real, a real dream for me. Yeah. Cause you brought up Osprey and Skrull earlier. And I was thinking, cause I knew I was going to ask mm -hmm. you about this and like, they went over to new Japan and like, they broke out huge, you know, they're more popular than ever, especially after the time that they spent there, you know? Again, we're fortunate in wrestling right now. I think one of the, the greatest things about wrestling is there's so many, I, it feels like the territory days again. You know, there's different places where you can go apply your craft with different styles, become more well-rounded or even more specialized if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and I, that's what, that's what's so, that's what I love about wrestling right now is there's, cho there's options and there's choices. And for me, I got to go to where I wanted to go and you know they have as well and yeah it's an awesome time to be a wrestler uh well before uh before we wrap up talking about the the honor united tour here i did have to bring up your what would be your third match here what will be your third match whether or not you're de defending the roh mm -hmm. television title we'll find out but silas young i'm a big silas young fan uh, i've seen him work a lot mm -hmm. here I'm, I'm in chicago i've been around silas mm -hmm. in in indies for over a decade now very tough guy and has a little history with you as well um, this would be something really something here if you walked in with the ROH TV title here for your latest bout with Silas. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? That would be it would be poetic. You know, it's almost like the universe is putting this in my way, <laughs> because I think one if you're looking at the crowd reaction, my match with Silas Young is probably the best match I've ever had. You know, it was yeah. in Edinburgh. It was for the TV title. I was not signed to the company. But I think, you know, I think there's two matches in Ring of Honor that probably got me the job. That is one of them. Uh, myself versus Jonathan Gresham is the other one. But that one um, in Edinburgh, the atmosphere was electric. And it was just, you know, uh, 
seconds away from becoming champion. And I think now if the roles were reversed, that would be kind of poetic justice and a real moment for me in my career to de- you know, defend the title against someone who I was uh, trying to win it from. But here's the thing, I can't, I can't get ahead of myself. Shane Taylor has been a dominant champion for a reason. Um, I need to be 100% focused on that. I'm not looking past anybody. Yeah, it sounds like you could have quite a, it could be quite a weekend for you here uh, for Honor United. Yeah, I, put it this way, I, you know, get yourself down to to the tour. You're going to you're gonna see something special here. I am 100% confident in my abilities. It feels like the momentum is here for me. I am ready to step up and be the world television champion. I'm going to do everything in my power to make that happen. So get your tickets to make sure that you're there to see it. Jake Hager, Bellator MMA. What's the biggest difference between being Jack Swagger and Jake Hager? I feel like as cool as Jack Swagger was, it was so, so much abuse and um, I look at that as a 20-year-old Jake Hager. Now Jake Hager is in his 30s. He's been around the world multiple times. He's got culture. He's got experience. He's just a smarter, more well-developed human being. Now, the difference between MMA and pro wrestling, there's a lot between the two. But when you do both, because you do AEW and you do Bellator MMA, is there a time where you have to look at yourself or think to yourself, where, where am I doing at this moment? When can I pull punches? When can I not? Um, is there anything difficult between doing MMA and pro wrestling at the same time? Really, the biggest difference so far is just uh, the rest days that I have. Uh, we normally train Monday through Friday. That's just when I have my, my training partners more available. And then we would take the weekends off. But now with AEW on Wednesday nights on TNT, um, we change Wednesday and Thursday to our rest days. And now we're going Friday through Tuesday as our work days. So it's a, it's a constant grind. And I have to be real focused on getting my rest on those days off and uh, getting the proper nutrition so I can come home. And start right back up on Tuesday on Friday and not miss the beat because it's a, it's a short window I have and I can't miss any time to get What was it like talking to Scott Coker and Tony Khan in regards to this type of relationship that you have with one another and the schedule that you need in order to be a good MMA fighter and a good pro wrestler? Honestly, it was such a breath of fresh air. Um, Both of those guys were so willing to work with me and uh, love what we're doing with Bellator and Bellator loves what we're doing with AEW. So it was like a perfect storm that came together. And like I said, I, mean, I don't think 10 years ago you would see that happen in an MMA fighter, being able to go and have a pro wrestling TV show right in the middle of camp. You know, it just wouldn't happen. And um, so for Scott and Tony to be willing to work with each other and understand like, hey, this is something really cool, it's a big opportunity, and we should work together and, and try to cross the road amongst other things, you know, the sky's the limit. I really feel like that's the mindset with it. They understand that entertainment is a big part of MMA. Now, you're working your way up in the heavyweight division of Bellator MMA. There's a fighter who has been calling your name out recently, Tyrell Fortune, uh, thinking that because that you just got caught up in MMA and you just got into Bellator, that you're on the main card. It's, it's disrespectful. It's, it's something that he doesn't think that should be needed. 
what do you have to say to him and would you like to fight him sometime because I think he, although he's dismissed you a little bit quote unquote dismissed you he's definitely wanting to fight you at some point I don't have anything to say to him um, the reason why I'm up here on the main board on TV is because I've been on television for the last 12 years and I have way more of a social following and that's um, a blessing and that's why I'm here and that's why I have this opportunity to go right on TV on you know, the main board and pass people up that aren't as deserving of it, maybe. Um, it's one of those things where I just come to expect it. Um, the same reason why I'm here and I have the ability to do this, it's going to cause people to be mad and to call me out. And, you know, it's one of those things that you can roll with their conscience. Um, the only thing that bothered me about what he said is that he's never heard about me in wrestling. Like, well, it's probably because I've won two state championships before he was 10 years old. That may be calling me old and me young, but at the same time, it's like, read a book and read a book. And uh, your three uh, bucket list fights between MMA and pro wrestling. I'm sorry? Your three bucket list uh, fights for MMA and pro wrestling. Um, at AEW, man, they have such a great roster of talent. And I got the top of my head, I can name 10 people that I want to uh, I want to wrestle there. Chris Jericho, uh, John Moxley, uh, the Young Bucks, Ray Phoenix, Penta. So many guys on there that would be such a fresh matchup for uh, Jack Swagger, Jake Hager style things. Um, and in MMA, I'm uh, very excited about the heavyweight division and the prospects that will definitely want to fight my way. You know, I'd love to fight Fatal in Russia next year. Maybe we can make that happen. Maybe I can get myself ready. Um, and then, you know, uh, uh, bucket list fight. Uh, can I say a politician? Yes, you can definitely say a politician. Uh, get Chuck Schumer. I would love to beat the hell out of him. Thank you, Justin, for joining me to talk the news of the day. Thank you to Joe Hendry and Ring of Honor. Check him out as part of the Honor United Tour. And thank you to Daniel Yanovsky for uh, going out to the uh, media scrum there for Bellator, chatting with the one and only Jack Swagger. Uh, we are going to be back next week. Uh, we have some really big interviews uh, already scheduled for next week. I heard about another one just before uh, we recorded here today, Justin. So uh, be sure to come back next week. Uh, a lot, lot still to roll out and, and throw into your ear holes. Uh, and if you like this show, you like the Winkley, you like our post shows, head over to the Wrestling Inc. audio channel on iTunes. Five-star ratings, nice comments, always appreciated. You can, you're always welcome to just tweet us. Tweet at me, hashtag Winkley, use that. Just, you know, let people know, you know. That you you know go out, create one of those like uh, those little balloons that you put a candle underneath and attach a message to, and just attach hashtag Winkly, and then just set it free into the sky, and then it'll come down to earth eventually, and somebody will find it, and they'll have to figure out what this thing is that you've written on on the now burned down balloon. That was really good. I think that was my best metaphor this that's, week. That, that's that's quite the viral marketing plan there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, all right, uh, Justin, what do you want to plug promote put over here before we wrap up the show today? Uh, give me a follow at Justin Labar on social media, and uh, and, and and Nick have a have a good night tonight. Have have a good uh, oh. a, a good dinner date in Coitus. Oh, 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 I'm gonna have the best time tonight, Justin. I'll tell you off the air what I'm doing. 
Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. I cannot wait for next week. I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.